also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall we indeed, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream. This guy just doesn't learn, does he? It says, Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bow down to me. So he told his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? See, some people, even in our lives closest to us, will not understand the dreams that God gives us. He said, Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Then in verse 20, and it says, Joseph is sent by his father to go out to check on his brothers, and, and he goes to look for them and check them. And when he gets there, they're gone. And so when he gets there, he goes to Dothan to find his brothers. And this is what they say in verse 20 when they see him coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pits. See, their envy of who he was and what he had had done come so infest, festered in them that they'd come to a point and a place to where they was willing to kill his dream. See, a lot of people won't like your dream because of what God has planned for you, and they're willing to, they're willing to go to great lengths to try to stop your dream. But how many of you know what heaven starts, hell can't stop? What God has placed in your life a lot of times we don't like, see, we, we like the shout. We like the shout of the sermons. We like, we like the shout of, of, the, of the announcement of the dreams. But a lot of times we don't like the route that God's taking us. But see, because God, when God gives us a dream to go somewhere and he, gives, and he shows us things that's going to take place in our life, he, does it, he, does, he loves us too much to leave us where we're at. See, God loves you right where you are, just the way you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, but he loves you too much to keep you there. In other words, the influence that you need is going to take the character of Christ to get you to the place of where he's trying to take you. So he he will allow you to go through some things. So here come all of his brothers coming against him, and God provided a pit for him. But how many of you know what pit stands for? If, it, if you take and you, and you divide it up, pit stands for prince in training. See, he had no idea that he was going to be cast into a pit, but God provided that pit. And a lot of times we don't understand the things that we go through because we don't understand really where God's trying to take us because God has more than us just in mind. He has not only us, but he has everybody around us. But if he can't change us, he can't change them. So don't lose your dream over a pit. 
even though Joseph was taken by his brothers because one of his brothers, Reuben, said, no, let's don't kill him, but let's throw him into this pit. So he threw him into that pit, but I want you to know something. When you're in the midst of your pit, you're in the midst, you're a prince in training. God's getting you ready for the greater thing. When he's placed a dream inside of you, he hasn't forgotten that dream. He has not changed his mind about you. Though you're in a dark and cold place and things ain't working out like you seem, like it seem, God still has a plan for you. But I want you to notice something. It was Judah that lifted him up out of the pit. And Judah means praise. And when you get in your pit, you got to learn to praise. In the very midnight hour, though it may seem like the night is gone and it has stopped and quit and everything is, is down and out. Listen, when you can learn to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it'll lift you up out of your pit and set you on the way that God has for you. Joseph kept the dream and we must understand that when God gives us dreams or God gives us visions we cannot quit and we cannot stop at what, at what God is showing us just because we hit a bump in the road just because we hit a hard place a lot of people now today everything's okay they want to cook it in the microwave everything they want to cook microwave they want it quick they want it right now they want to pray and they want to get their answer right now but how many of you know that God still uses crock pot mentality. It takes a little time. He'll let it simmer a while. He'll put it on low. But I'm telling you, honey, when it gets done, it is good and it is fit to eat. Hallelujah. See, just because you go through a hard place, see, what God's trying to do God, is so important of what God is trying to do in our lives that he's trying to work his character out in us because he knows that it's going to take more than us to get the job done. He knows that when Joseph got into that place, he was going to go through some hard times. He goes to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. He runs out naked. He gets put in jail for 13 years but I want you to see the progression of this because God has not only given Joseph a dream now God is using Joseph to interpret dreams God is always I told y'all last week God is always progressive he's always progressive in what he, he don't leave us the same he works his character out in us so he, that he can promote us. Because you see, God didn't have just Joseph in mind. He had the nation of Israel in mind. But how many of you know that Joseph wouldn't have just went to Egypt on his own? See, everybody wants to shout, but nobody likes the route. See, because God's going to take you through some places in your life that's going to cause you to be uncomfortable. He's going to cause you to, do, to go through some things that he's going to work out his character through you. Because he don't need you to have a good idea. He needs you to have his idea. He needs you to know some things. 
See, a lot of us, we, we, we'll say if we get in a real hard place and, and, and we gotta, we got to go through a hard spot in our life, that it just must not be God. If Joseph would have given up on his dream after spending 13 years in prison, listen to me, he was 13 years in prison, held up in prison. He could have given up on his dreams, and most of us would have. We'd have threw it out the window and said, God is not in this. God don't intend for me to be in this place. No, God knows right where you're at, right in the midst of that place. But he's wanting to know, are you going to allow me to do what I need to do in your life so that I can bring forth the salvation that needs to be brought forth in this nation? See, because it's not just about me, my four, no more. It's about a whole lot more that's involved in this. See, God chose them to bring them to that place because out of that come all the nation of Israel. And God raised them up because of one man. Because one man was willing to reach past his borders. One man was willing to keep the dream alive. Don't you give up on your dream. Don't you give up on the dreams that God has given you. If you're not seeing things happen the way that you think they ought to happen, it's not a problem on his end. It's right here. If God's given me dreams that need to be fulfilled, I may be the one that's hindering them. Well, I'm not going through that. I'm not doing that. You ain't got to. But you ain't going to get your promise. And you're not going to see the fulfillment of what God has for you until you learn to walk through some things. There's two places I found that you need to praise the Lord. It's when you feel like it and when you don't. And the most effective time is when you don't feel like praising. You need to learn to worship him. Keep your dream alive. If it wasn't for Joseph keeping his dream alive, not only would the nation of Israel, Egypt, and all the other nations of the earth would have died. Because hmm? one man. You don't think your dream's important? Yeah, your dream's important. You don't know how many people it's going to affect. The next thing the enemy will try to do, the enemy will try to take your anointing. I want you to see this. It says in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, it says, Now it happened... When David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag, attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. And it had taken captive the women and those who were from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and all the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
And David's two wives, Ahanaim, the Jezreelites, and Abigail. Why in the world does man want two wives? I don't know. I love my wife. My one wife. And it says, and now David was greatly, and they had been taken captive. And it says, now David was greatly distressed for all the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his son and his daughters. But listen to this. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want you to see this. David comes back. They come to Ziglag. Ziglag has been burned with fire. All the women and children has been taken. But here's the problem. The problem wasn't that Ziglag had been burned with fire. The problem was the Amalekites. The Amalekites was someone who Saul should have taken care of. This was a battle that should have never been fought. And I want to just tell you this. If people don't deal with the sin in their life right now, your children are going to have to deal with it later. I made up my mind as my children, when my children were born, I said, I, I was praying one day and I said, Lord, I came across this scripture and I began to look at this and I said, Lord, I can promise you this. My children will never have to fight my battles. They're going to have to fight their battles. They're going to have to face battles in their life, but they will never have to fight my battle because I plan to overcome in every aspect of my life so I don't pass nothing down to my children but a godly heritage to where they can walk in the fullness and the anointing of the Spirit of God. They David come back to Ziglag and it had been burnt with fire because Saul had refused to kill all the Amalekites. You remember? He wanted to save some of the cattle. He wanted to save some of the oxen for sacrifice. But how many of you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? And David had to fight a battle that wasn't his to fight. But all the people spoke of stoning David. They got upset with David because they had been following David. But all of a sudden now, because David was the leader, it's all David's fault. But what did David do? David didn't get discouraged. He didn't get downcast on himself. He didn't start having a pity party. Why? Because David understood this, that God may not ever visit my pity party, but he will always come to my praise party. So he called for a linen effort, and he put on that linen effort, and he got before the Lord, and he began to seek the Lord. He said, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord spoke to him and said, Pursue, for without fail you shall recover all. Not some, not just a little, but you shall recover all. What he was saying there, if some go with you, you shall recover all. If nobody goes with you, it's okay. You shall recover all. See, a lot of times we're looking for everybody to jump on board when we don't need everybody. We just need a word. When the anointing of the Lord is there, when the anointing of the Lord is released through his word, we don't need everybody. We just need a word. I want to encourage somebody this morning, you just need to get a word. Because God don't want you, see, God doesn't, when he takes you into a place, he don't just take you there to just recover a little bit. The Bible tells me that if an enemy takes from me, he has to give back to me sevenfold. 
Some of you are in for a big payday. The anointing, but listen. Everything the enemy wants to do is, the enemy wants to try to steal your dreams. He wants to try to steal your anointing. And he wants to stop your calling. And the thing about it is, is nobody else, nobody, listen to me, nobody can have your anointing. God designed the anointing that you have for you. And nobody else can have your anointing. But you can limit your anointing. Because anointing is released through sanctification. Being set apart. Hmm? God can get anything to you that he can get through you. And a lot reason a lot of people can't see a level of anointing that they need to see is because they're not willing to allow God to do things in their life. Because it's going to require God getting into the secret places of our life. You remember when they went to Gilgal? Joshua took all the people to Gilgal. Everybody was shouting the victory because they got on the other side. Until he brought out the flint knives. Okay, it's circumcising time now, boys. <laughs> Come on. The reason that the anointing can't flow through, through some folks and be released through some folks is because they're not willing to allow God to get in a secret place. We give God some areas, but not everything. We've got to give it all. Hmm? The calling. The enemy will try to stop your calling. But how many of you know that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance? When you're in the midst of a calling, you've got to remember the words that have been spoken over your life. Acts 28. 1 through 5, it says, Now when they had escaped, now this is talking about Paul when they, was on, when they were shipwrecked on the Isle of Malta. How many of you know that story? Paul's on this ship. He was on his way to Rome. The Lord had already spoke to him that he was to go to Rome. He had appealed to Caesar. It says, Now when they had escaped, they found that the island was called Malta. The ship had already tore apart. But Paul had seen an angel that had stood beside him that night. They had been fasting and praying. And Paul had an angel stand beside him and said, not a hair of anyone's head would be lost. But you got to stay on the ship. How many of you know that's easier said than done when the ship's falling apart? But he said, you stay here. And it says, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, and they kindled a fire and made us welcome because they ran, ran falling. It was, the rain was falling, and because of the cold, 
It says, but Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, and a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. I just want to stop right there just a minute. I want you to know something. The enemy don't care about you getting warm. But when you start building the fire, he'll try to attach himself to you. He'll try to make you forget the calling that God's placed on your life. Paul couldn't understand why they was here at Malta at first. But when this thing latched itself to him, Paul took this viper and held it over the fire and just shook it off. Then they began to look at him. Oh, he's going to die. He's a murderer. Though he escaped the storm... God's brought judgment on him, and he's going to die. He just got bit by this viper. And they got to looking at him after a while, and he didn't swell up. And then they decided that he must be a god. But it promoted him to a place to get to publish his house to where he laid hands on his father and his father was healed. See, what we don't, a lot of times what we see as a distraction, God says as, as a calling to bring us into a place to where a people that knows no God, that had not known God, gets to meet God and see the, the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God in and through our lives. See, our detours sometimes are the greatest places in our life to see the demonstration of God brought forth. Don't allow the enemy, just because you're in a bad place, just because you've been in a shipwreck, just because things have fell apart, don't you allow those things to dictate to you what God wants you to do. Don't allow it to limit you. See, because this island would have never knew about God had Paul not been shipwrecked. So your calling may take you places you didn't intend on going. But how many of you know that God has placed his spirit in you? And if God would be for you, who can be against you? And you need to remember the words that the Lord has spoken to you and what he has said over you. And if he's big enough to speak those words over you, he's big enough to keep you until the day of those words being fulfilled in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Your dreams, your anointing, and your calling. The Bible says that your our gifts and calling are of God. No matter what you do, if God has got a call on your life, you'll always have that calling. What you do with it's up to you. But you just can't walk away and say, "Well, I'm I'm not going to do that." Well, you can. But you'll regret it. Your anointing, if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in being gifted to be able to do things. You listening to me? Giftings will fill a room and make you feel good. But the anointing destroys the yoke.
and lifts the burden off of people's lives. And a lot of times, we don't know the difference between gifts and anointing. I love gifts, but I want the anointing. And I want to abide in his calling. Hmm? And I want to keep the dream before me and know that he's well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can think or ask. A lot of times we stop right there. But it says according to the power that works in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you here this morning? The Lord's given you some dreams. Maybe he's anointed you for a task and you don't understand everything that you're going through right now. You know that you called. But you need God to just help you in this present time. I promise you he has not left you alone. He has not forgotten you. Don't allow... What the enemy the enemy will always try to make you think that you've got a setback that you've had a setback but I always refuse to see it as a setback but to see it as a setup for what God wants to do in my life you're not here this morning by coincidence you're here by divine appointment and what God wants to do in you is so important Yes, all hell wants to do is try to stop you. But God's got a mission for you, and you're important to the kingdom of God. Allow God to work in you. Allow God to work in your life because, why? Because you're worth it. The people that are around you are worth it, and they need you. Amen? Everyone who will, I want you to come gather around the altars. We're going to pray. good you know what God loves each and every one of us so much and he has not designed us to fail but to overcome I hear people say well I just can't do that well can't never could but the word of God tells me this I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me 
Hallelujah. I'll just begin to worship Him. Praise Him.
is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. Ooh, this is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how. This is how I find my battles. 